Hey guys, we had some extremely uh, difficult sound issues for this episode, and um, it was just really bad and not much we could do to salvage it, so we're just releasing it as is, so um, just have some patience with us for this episode. Thanks. Welcome to episode 32 of Music City Horror. Uh, we have Kayla, KB, and Eli here. Lena is on vacation. She is, um, I was trying to make some kind of redneck joke. She's in, she's in Florida, so. <laughs> kind of redneck. We'll just put like some kind of redneck joke in the like brackets there. Yeah, just I was thinking like. favorite redneck Florida joke. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was thinking like <laughs> Salt Life or something. the title of the episode? Salt Life, Redneck Joke. Yeah. Um, you know, Salt Life or whatever they eat down there. So. Salt um, Life. Oh, I'm jealous of her. But yeah, yeah, we did we did miss her, but we do have a special guest. Yeah. So we, uh, Jen from the Horror Virgin is going to be on our show this evening. And um, we decided to do a retro rewind, which we haven't done in a while. And if you don't know, that's just where we talk about a random old movie. And we decided to pick Lost Boys because we're all fans. Um, some of us are just fans of Kiefer Sutherland, but as a whole, we all like the movie. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And, I mean, do y'all have anything else before we just dive in? Um, can we talk really quickly about uh, the Midsummer trailer <gasps> and the It trailer? Because oh my God. we can't pass these these two uh, these two things up. Oh, that's that so we true. We would not be doing our job if we did that. So point. I just recently reread It for the Year of King book thing that I'm doing with a friend. And did it take you a whole year like it did me? No, well, I read I read it almost exactly a year ago, and I reread it. I listened to the audio book, which is amazing, by the way. Yeah, uh, that's what I did. It was it so good. Out, it stressed me out so badly that I had to I had to take a like a two month break, and it took me almost a, like a full year to listen it's, to it. I think we lost you. Dang it. Oh, I hope she's talking about how how stressful that book is because it really it really did take me almost a year to fully listen to begin. I mean, it's it's a very very long book to begin with. I don't know if you've ever if you've ever actually taken the time to to listen to it, but I feel like it's like days long. If you look at it in like hours. Yeah, I mean, uh, every oh, time I. Like, she's back! Here she is. Were you talking about how stressful the book is? Because we lost you, and I'm assuming that that, that triggered your computer to cut you out. <laughs> oh. Am I still dead to the world? Oh, there you are. Oh, there. oh yay! Yeah. I was talking about the scene um, 
in it where in the trailer where Beverly is at the apartment where her where she used to live and the old lady is there. And that part in the book is so scary. And I thought they did such a good job in the trailer. It's so oh, it just unsettled me so deeply. And I'm glad they stuck with doing mostly that one scene to kind of pull you in rather than show you a whole bunch of other things. Um like a smash cut of different scenes. I, I, I really was intrigued by that. It's kind of an odd choice, but I was excited about it. I, uh, I also, have, you know, I, it's been within the past year and a half that I listened to the book too. So seeing that scene, I had the same exact reaction. Mm-hmm. It just reminded me of how terrifying that particular point in the book was. And, yes. and it just made me so hyped up. Oh yeah. man, it made me so hyped up for it just because, you know, we've been, I feel like we've been waiting for this for like years and we really haven't, but it's just, <laughs> it's getting that second half and the way that they've got it split in, you know, mm-hmm. in, for actual timelines. I just, I, I can't, I can't wait. Yeah. And the quality of actor is just so, it's so good. And I'm just so excited to see what they do with the characters and, yeah, I, the trailer was really was really well done. I'm just, just so excited. Yeah, it was I think pretty, I've watched that trailer like four or five times already. It was pretty interesting with the casting because it is almost like people were putting things online. Like, hey, I did this poster and here's, you know, and they, they basically did the, the, the child and then the, the adult version. And... It was almost like the internet wheeled it into existence. Like, I, I, I hadn't heard of any of these people even thinking about doing it. And then once these all this stuff started going out, like, oh, well, that that's actually who's going to be in it now. Like, that doesn't happen. So Yeah, um, so cool. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just a testament to how good the first one was and I guess how good the script's going to be for the second one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I am, okay, so switching from just being, like, purely excited to being terrified, the Midsummer trailer, oh I'm, like, God. so scared, but I can't wait. I'm so scared, though. I'm also very, very scared. I'm so nervous. Like, even, and I feel like that they didn't even really get that deep into, you know, the, almost what might be scary in the trailer. I mean, obviously, uh-huh. They jumped into it a little bit, but they didn't have to go that far, and that's what's scary. Yeah, I'm like, this isn't even even slightly what this movie is about. This is just, like, generic, you know, people are smiling, and you're like, oh, God. Like, <laughs> I'm already yeah, scared. They made, it as, they made it almost as happy as possible, and that's what terrifies you, is because yeah, you know absolutely. how dark it's actually going to be. But the the colors and the brightness of it all just, and that whole, the whole movie might be that bright and that colorful, but that just makes it more, I have anxiety thinking about it. Like I'm I'm not, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I already told my husband, we are going opening night for it chapter two. I will be there at the first showing I can get to after work. But it's going to take me a little bit to get up the courage to watch Midsummer because, mm. I, you know, watching Hereditary in the theater was such a frightening experience. 
I just feel like that this is going to be 10 times worse. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I didn't know what to expect. Like, Hereditary, the trailers were scary, but you just kind of went in blind. And now after seeing Hereditary and knowing what this guy can can do with a script and the actors and the kind of fear that he can produce in people, I just, I'm kind of dreading it, but I also know that I have to see it and I'll probably love it. That's a perfect word for it is dread. I I really do. It's I'm going to watch it, but I dread it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a very complicated feeling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I hate cult stuff. Um, or culty stuff. I mean, I've, I've had nightmares about cults since I was like 15 and it's basically just like, I can't get away, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that, 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 dream where you're stuck and you can't get out and it just so happens that I'm in a cult and I can't get you know literally as as the cult does um so I don't know how hard he's gonna lean into that but it's got those vibes so I'm already like (laughs) I'm already I think you said dreads the word I think I'm already kind of starting to dread it but yeah um, oh it's yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy it's gonna be crazy but it's just kind of you know, he's, it's the, the new kind of horror that's not, you know, the guy in the hockey mask. It's it's like a new, you know, kind of scares you down to your core instead of mm-hmm. jumping out and boo kind of a deal. So, yeah. um, I'm here for it, but, yeah. you know, reluctantly sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So we'll check that out. That'll be sometime this summer. And then it, I think, is in either September or October. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's when the first one came out too. So, so yeah, so that's the big thing, the big trailers that dropped, and um, and then I think next uh, September six. There we go. Cool. Um, and then I think on the next episode we might talk about some of the stuff that's gonna be streaming in June or new releases or something. So, uh, so yeah. So I guess we'll just jump into the Retro Rewind, and um, we'll talk about all things Lost Boys. And we have our special guest, Jen, from The Horror Virgin. episode is kind of cool for two reasons we're doing a retro rewind which we haven't done in quite some time but we're also doing a crossover uh, episode um, with uh, one of our favorite uh, podcasts uh, we met them last summer we actually had a very nice sushi dinner um, mm. and hung out and, I was uh, not there yeah we missed but, you but I listen to you guys all the time. Yeah. I'm the only one that hasn't gotten to meet you. Oh. And, I sub- and I listen to you all the time. There so you I have to, we'll have to, I have to put that out there. Guys on too. I have a crush on all of you guys. Oh, <laughs> I've just been the only one that's been left out. Oh, we'll fix it this summer. <laughs> we'll have okay. to have a redo. Uh, well, we feel the okay. same with you guys too. I'm really excited. <laughs> Well, with that being said, this is Jen from The Horror Virgin. How are you? Hey, guys. Oh, happy to be here. Yay. Yeah, we, we planted the seeds for this last summer, and mm-hmm. 
we've got Lena and Kayla have been on horror version. And then we, I was like, well, we haven't had anybody on our show, so it's probably time we fix that. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Um, without having a definite subject, um, the, the Retro Rewind is just a, we pick a random older movie and just talk about it. So, um, we decided to talk about the 1987 classic Lost Boys. Yeah. I didn't have to campaign very hard for this one, and this happens to be one of my favorite movies of all time. So I was glad that it was just like a one and done, here's your choices, it's Lost Boys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love this movie. I was like, yes. <laughs> Pretty easy choice. Yeah, it worked out really perfectly. <laughs> yeah, and it's the start of summer, you know, perfect time for this movie. <laughs> yeah, get some motorcycles on the boardwalk. Mm-hmm. I drove by a, um, a carnival on the way home from work, so it was very, uh, very telling. Was yeah. that the Was that the one in Madison? No, it was um, a mall carnival in Cold Springs. Oh, nice. <laughs> what? <laughs> mall parking lot, which yeah. are like the shittiest carnivals of all the like all the carnivals. Oh yeah, still, like it still counts. Yeah, like a hundred percent chance of like food poisoning, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> vampires. It's either vampires. it's either food poisoning or tetanus. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, <laughs> we uh. Poisoning or tetanus. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was probably one of one of your better jokes. Thank you. <laughs> I don't have many, so. Um, but yeah, I, I I think I had talked about this on one of the other episodes. I don't think we talked about Lost Boys specifically, but it was brought up at some point. But um, I don't think this was the first R-rated movie that I ever saw, but I was at my cousin's house, and he was not there for some reason. So I was back in his room, and my parents were up front with my aunt and uncle and everything. And this came on HBO, like I think it was the like the Saturday night it premiered, and um, I don't know why they didn't come check on me, or <laughs> because I, I wasn't prone to being quiet as a kid. So, mm-hmm. but I just sat there and just floored, you know, just mesmerized. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that was my introduction to it. So, yeah, parental supervision strikes again. Yeah, <laughs> Indeed. What about you, Jen? I don't remember the first time I watched this. I just remember always, I think I've always having the VHS on my shelf and just watching it over and over again. But I don't remember a first experience. It was just always been part of my life, you know? Yeah. (laughs) That I would rewatch and put on in the background a lot. Yeah, it's got a a good... I'm on that train, too. Mm-hmm. It's it's got a good rewatch um, rewatchability. I was in somewhere in Ohio for a business trip, and I same thing. I just put it on my iPad. You know, I was in my hotel, nothing to do, and um, so definitely has um, the, the rewatchability to it. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's kind of a. There's a lot of movies like that where you don't. We talked about that's how it was for me for Halloween. Like, I don't remember the, like the definite time I saw it. It just was always, it's just always been in my upbringing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So same, same thing with that, you know? Um, Yeah. What about you, KB? I think that also 
Oh, well, we're talking over each other. That's probably me being a little bit too excited. Um, no, I'm mean, really, I'm, I'm the same as Jen. I just, it's always been there. Like, yeah. it's just, I don't remember where it starts and, and it'll never end. So, <laughs> it's, I don't think I, I mean, I, I remember owning a DVD of it. I don't think I ever saw it on TV. I maybe just saw it at a friend's house. But, I mean, I, I've always been a big sucker for a vampire movie, whether it's good or whether it's bad. But Me too. It's just, it's just always, it's always existed. It's yeah. always existed. It's always been one of my favorites. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those background movies. It's If it pops up on, you know any kind of streaming service i usually click on it and, and give it a, a good watch now that being said i haven't watched it in about a year mm-hmm. um, and, and my life has been too much of a mess to uh to watch it recently mm-hmm. but i will definitely be making it a, a point to a good rewatch but i feel like i've seen it so many times that it's just like part of my brain yeah <laughs> for sure yeah i i loved um interview with a vampire when I was young, a little too young to be watching like homoerotic vampire flashing, but yeah, it was a little scandalous, but I was into it anyway. And then doing like my, you know, you get down a rabbit hole of movies and I heard about lost boys and kind of similar themes in a way. Mm-hmm. And so I, I watched it. I think it came on TV or something one time and I happened to see it, but I feel like I don't remember actually watching it I just knew what it was <laughs> what it was about I just kind of always known so it's very like cool you know I remember it being like the cool vampire movie too yeah they have like earrings and like mm-hmm. mullets super yeah. cool <laughs> Mickey for Sutherland yeah. Ooh, those now, eyes man God. oh I know so we watched the we did an episode on this um, last fall, I think. And I, so I sat down and actually watched it all the way through. It wasn't in the background. And it's a little goofy <laughs> in parts when you're actually paying attention to it. But, but I still love it. Yeah. yeah, it can get a little goofy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it definitely, I definitely feel like... like I got Go ahead. Me and Eli Sorry. just going head to head tonight. <laughs> We really are. No, you know what? You you go first. Um, what was that? Oh yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely uh, was kind of that MTV, you know, cool um, movie. Uh, mm-hmm. It had a couple of videos on MTV, and uh, you know, of course, the the way they dressed and everything. I mean, it was definitely a. Uh, a cooler vampire movie than what you're accustomed to, uh, you know, as far as like the traditional gothic and you know, all that stuff. So, um, but, um, yeah, I mean, just, I mean, he moves to New City. He, there's a, you know, the boardwalk with a comic book store and an amusement park, and, and he's going on this crazy adventure with his friends, the Frog Brothers. I mean, it's, I mean, I was. I was sold as a kid. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah, it's so cool. I do feel like I draw some fashion inspiration from that movie. (laughs) 
Um, Probably. So that was that was a good tone to set for me. Mm-hmm. I, I like all of I love the mullets and I like the you know the overly eighties like they're not they're not quite punk but they're not quite like a motorcycle gang. They're this weird like. I don't even avant-garde hybrid. Yeah, <laughs> it's just the visuals were so interesting for me that I think that that's probably what drew me in mm-hmm. was how they were styled uh, because they did. I mean, that's what what other word can you use for it other than they were just cool. Yeah, and I think a lot of that they styled them after like kind of the gypsy vibe. So it's not like a definite '80s look, you know. It's kind of a little more timeless, but he's inspired, you know. I can really, I have never really thought of of a gypsy, but now I totally see it. Yeah, I always wanted to so much sense. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of a, uh, I don't know, kind of a bohemian gypsy kind of thing, and um, mm. yeah, I always kind of, to me, it to me it was kind of a '60s influenced, um, mm-hmm. and, and not really like hippie stuff, but like you know they've got the Jim Morrison poster in the cave, and um, mm-hmm. you know he he wore you know leather pants, and and, and he kind of reminded me of David's, or David reminded me of Jim wardrobe a little bit so that was the kind of vibe but also you know they could have turned into vampires in like the 1990s you know what I mean like they're you don't really know how long they've been vampires so maybe that's just kind of a variation of how they've always dressed or something so right I do love I always love the vampire style and the idea that you can adapt the vampire kind of mythos to really any culture, any time, and it just fits so well because vampires are always like cool and sexy and kind of on the edge. It works. Yep. And are they supposed to be teenagers, the vampires, or are they supposed to be like early twenties? I would say like 18, 19-ish, somewhere around there. That's what I was thinking, too. Um, I feel like it just works so well with the kind of, like, just young and free and cool. Yeah. It's dangerous. I just think that it works so well, the pairing of being vampires with being in this kind of subculture that they've formed for themselves. And oh, it just works perfectly. It's so I know. good. Yeah. yeah, I always get the, like, they just graduated from high school, but they didn't go to college kind of vibe from them, you know, just like having their gap year kind of carefree. <laughs> their gap year. <laughs> I'm going to join a vampire motorcycle gang just for to get gap- some experience before college, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just get sucked in forever, man. But um, <laughs> what's the guy, Jason... What's the what's Michael's name? Jason Patrick. Like, yeah, Jason Patrick. He looks like he's about thirty in this movie, though. Yeah. He does. Yeah, he's like way, way out, mm-hmm. way out of uh, character with the ages, especially compared to like the the younger boys. You're like, oh wow, he's like their dad's age. <laughs> that doesn't work as well. Now, so the original script for this, they were they wrote it after Goonies, and they were trying to kind of recreate Goonies, make like their own version of Goonies. And so the original script had them, the vampires, as like twelve year olds, mm-hmm. and the Frog Brothers and Corey Haim as like eight eight year old Boy Scouts. 
Mm. Which would have been a totally different movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Plus motorcycle riding probably when they're yes. yeah. I know. <laughs> Which is unfortunate. Yeah. I, I'm definitely glad that they went this way because I think, you know, we wouldn't have had Dreamy Keeper Sutherland either. That's oh true. my gosh. That's so true. <laughs> and yeah. I do love how, and I think a lot of us watched the movie when we were younger, but also appreciate it as we were older because. Hello. I think she disappeared. Oh. Uh-oh. Technical difficulties. Oh. This it happens. Does it? Um, I always thought it was kind of interesting how it's, uh, you know, they took the parallel between the Lost Boys from Peter Pan, and mm-hmm. you know, and just like, just like those Lost Boys, they're gonna live forever, you know, be forever this age mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Um, yeah. I didn't realize that until way later. <laughs> it didn't yeah. dawn on me. I didn't either. Yeah. Um, but, um, I don't, I don't know if it was like they ever intended it to be like a Peter Pan thing, but I think they just kind of, you know, it was similar based off or whatever. So, um, did you, um, did you see us, Jen? I did see us. Mm-hmm. They had the uh, they had the reference to the Lost Boys at the beginning there. The blood. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Was it one of the videos that was on the shelf? No, they were when it, when they were at the the boardwalk. Um, uh-huh. She said they're they're filming a movie over there, and that's they were talking about Lost Boys. Really? Yeah, because it's Stop. the same. Were they really? Yeah, it's the same uh, amusement park. Santa Carla. Um, does that can- mean? Does that mean that the sax man was there? Maybe. Because that's what I want to talk about. Yeah. Oh, and I yeah. feel like hopefully we can get Kayla back on here so we can <laughs> save that because I know she'll want to have that conversation. But he's the best part of that movie. And does that mean that there's like a, a another version of a sax man wearing red running around somewhere? Ooh. God. Just oily as hell. Yeah, maybe playing the recorder or something. The oiliest. <laughs> well, I mean, and, if he's an opposite, does that mean he's not oily? Yeah, maybe he's got he's got a real dry skin. Yeah, real dry he's just skin. very dry. Yeah, he plays the recorder, real dry skin. He's got real short hair. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the recorder thing, is the, the saxophone. Yeah. It's kind of given if you can play saxophone, you can play the recorder, I imagine. Um, but yeah. I, I hate the recorder. Another thing that I have always loved is that the soundtrack for this movie is just unbelievable. <laughs> and I don't know what Yeah, I, that one and uh, Rock and Roll Night, NXS, uh, of the night, I mean, like, there was a period probably from about 1980, well, maybe like 1980 to like 2000, like, the soundtracks were as big of an event as, you know, like, you looked forward to those as much, and now the soundtracks are an afterthought, and, um, but, I mean, just stellar soundtrack, I mean, you know, kind yeah. of 80s-ish, but, I mean, it just fits the vibe and everything perfectly. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and let's get real. A soundtrack can make or break a movie. It really can. And even if a movie is, you know, subpar, which I'm not saying Lost Boys is subpar. It's definitely not. Like, I think it's an actually, like, it's a good movie. Yeah, but it's, it's a good movie. It just elevated it so much. And the mm-hmm. fact that it's still, you know, I don't feel like The Last Boys still has a presence, especially in, like, the realm of vampire films. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people consider it a, one of the best vampire films of all time, which I personally will agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, if the soundtrack wasn't there, would it have this good? No. What's so successful about this movie is just the vibe of it, you know? Yeah. Um, also, the you know the adults too, like the casting for their mom. Then Max was just awesome, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And um, Nuno, of course, was incredible. And you know, he was kind of yeah. You know, whatever wacky but then at the end of it you're kind of like oh he believed in vampires the whole time or whatever so mm-hmm. yeah i do love the dad and i love his little yeah um I know. <laughs> I promise, people. If you're listening to this, we're trying hard, hard to get her back on the call. She's working on. But I mean, willing it to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Put it out to put it out to the vampire. Uh, the vampire yes. to go, go yes. fix her computer. I mean, and they have even done that at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Did, did did computers exist in the fictional the fictional city of Santa Clara? <laughs> I think they did. They were like the size of rooms, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think it took like a NASA operator to get yeah. them going. Yay! Yay! Yeah, she's back. We put it out into the universe. We did. I kept you the whole time, and I kept like trying to talk, and I was like, "Oh, they can't hear me." Oh, no. of real life. Yeah. This is real life happening right now. <laughs> Not even my favorite murder is perfect. True. It's true. But yeah, I the music, oh to me that's the best part. Like mm-hmm. um there I think it's because I didn't grow up with it as much. Or maybe it doesn't it doesn't feel so nostalgic for me to watch it, but the music really does to me. Um for some reason, it just sticks in my head so well. So I have some fun facts about the soundtrack. Ooh, Give it. <laughs> Apparently, Kiefer was convinced to do the movie because uh, NXS was going to be on the soundtrack. And uh, Joel Schumacher got some of the bands to be on the soundtrack by promising to direct music videos for them. Whoa. That's such a good trade. And I how don't... cool is Kiefer, right, for being like, Oh, in excess, yeah, I'll be on it. Exactly. 
because he's cool, you know. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah, piggybacking on that, he, Joel Schumacher directed the Devil Inside video for NXS. And now that you said that, and now that I just saw that, it does kind of look like the Lost Boys, like stylistically. Um, oh, really? So. Let's stick with a winner, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I will always argue that NXS is probably one of the coolest bands of all time. Oh, <laughs> I was a huge NXS fan. For sure. Um, so. they, had, uh, they talked about potentially doing a sequel, and Joel Schumacher actually wanted to do one called The Lost Girls. Uh-huh. I know. I need it. <laughs> I mean, it's not too late, but yeah. yeah. And there are a couple of sequels, I think, but I think they're like straight to video. Yeah, they weren't that great. <laughs> I haven't seen that, there were there were sequels. They're, they're actually pitching a TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, but another fun fact about the movie, I'm not sure if you guys know this, it inspired Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <gasps> no, that's awesome. That Jen, are you watching well, Buffy right I now? Read. I did. I just started watching it. I'm in the second season. Ah, that's perfect timing then. Wait, I, is that the first time you've ever watched it? It is, yeah. Shockingly. I don't know how I've made it this far without as much as I love vampires and horror and like feminism. I don't know how long how I've made it this long without watching it. But and actually I blame Dawson's Creek because I think I was just so burned out on like teen drama shows that I didn't even give it a chance. But I am really into it. It's really good. Oh that's so great. Yeah, Joss Whedon has talked about um, the style, you know, the stylistic side of his vampires once they inspired mm-hmm. by the Lost Boys. I can so see it. he still wanted them to look like humans, mm-hmm. um, but he gave them that, you know, that scrunched up forehead and the teeth mm-hmm. and, and still kept that kind of balance between, like, a cool... I, th- I think that definitely Spike was inspired by Keeper's Head. Oh, yeah, that leather jacket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kiefer Sutherland and Billy Idol were apparently the two the two big inspirations for uh, Spike. So you know, obviously, without talking about the series because we're not going to spoil it, but mm-hmm. that is one of the best TV shows of all time, and mm-hmm. it definitely just kind of solidifies that Lost Boys is one of the, mm-hmm. the best vampire movies of all time. <laughs> cool. okay. okay, I do need to bring up a point of contention now. Okay. okay. So this might be controversial, but I'm going to say uh, it. Bring it. I don't like the Frog Brothers. No, neither do I. <laughs> I think they're really annoying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think they're really annoying. And I just, every time they come on the screen, it's just like, ugh. And I don't think I liked them when I was younger either, watching it. And I yeah. I just don't like them. Upon rewatch, I was like, wow, they're really annoying. <laughs> they occasionally well, are just doing their job. Uh, being annoying? Were they supposed to be annoying, do you think? Mm. I, I think they were supposed to be cool for, like, the younger people watching the movie. Mm. Like professional wrestling fans when they're 10, you know? Yeah. <laughs> As professional wrestling fans, uh, KB and Eli, would you like to weigh in on Frog Brothers? <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent. Uh-huh. They're kind of like the Roman Reigns of the movie for me, I'm indifferent to them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, as a kid, it was cool to just think, like, oh, wow, they're cussing and they're killing vampires, you know? 
But mm-hmm. I think I'd read somewhere where they were basically trying to mimic like the action guys of the day. So like Arnold and Sylvester Stallone. So like that's, mm-hmm. you know, they're kind of putting on that macho front, but yeah. there's times where they're scared and, you know, and that kind of shows. So, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I don't know. Um, there's a I mean, wrestling mention. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't hate them, but they're definitely like not my favorite part of the movie or anything. So, mm. Yeah, know. we do have to have a wrestling mention per podcast. It's in our <laughs> contract. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now Eli, next weekend, the only thing that we're allowed to listen to is NXS the entire trip. <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> oh, lucky. <laughs> So I found this, and I didn't even know that this existed, Um, but there's a book called Lost in the Shadows, the Story of the Lost Boys by Paul Davis, and there was supposed to be a post-credit scene, kind of like all the Marvel movies have now. Um, (laughs) It said that after the, the... the movie ended, it would have gone back to the, the cave, the sunken hotel where they lived. Um, the camera would find an old mural on the lobby's wall depicting a typical day on the boardwalk in the year 1900. The camera moves in closer and closer to the mural, um, then holds tight on one figure in the painting, a man in a straw hat grinning broadly. And he's most definitely Max. He's talking to a group of young men. Ooh, that's very The Shining. I yeah. like it. Yeah, that Max. Mm. <laughs> that that would have been cool, but I don't know. You didn't see a lot of those ending or post scene endings in the eighties, so um, unfortunately, yeah. And then I was trying to see. I've got on two different sites. There's two different totals, but they said that. Um, David says Michael 118 times in the movie. <laughs> yeah, there's a super cut on YouTube of that, too. It's really funny. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's I really... I know what I'm watching as soon as this is over. Yeah. I was going to say, that sounds exactly like my sense of humor. It's just, like, <laughs> absurd. Yeah. yeah, it's really funny. Yeah, they said he had the the least, um, least amount of dialogue out of the stars, mm-hmm. but then he said Michael 118 times, so... <laughs> But that just speaks to the charisma of Kiefer, too, because he's the most memorable part of the movie yeah. with the least amount of dialogue. Well, and it's it's kind of interesting because, like, you you kind of, like, you don't, like, you don't know if you hate him or you like him or if you mm-hmm. trust him or you can't trust him. And, like, um, yeah, I mean, it's really, like, at the very, like, when they finally fight at the end, it's kind of like, oh, okay, well, I guess I, I do hate him, but, um, yeah. but he played that line so well, where, mm-hmm. you know, they were racing the motorcycles, and then he punched him, and then they go to the cave, and then he turns him, and then, you know, they're hanging off the railroad tracks, and, you know, it's just kind of, it kind of starts with some friction, but then it, I mean, obviously besides turning him into a vampire, it kind of, they kind of, you know, he falls into the group and, um, it was was kind of an interesting role to play because he kind of covered both bases with that. So. Yeah. It's got like a point break feel to it, you know? Yeah. Ooh, that's such a good comparison. Yeah. And love or hate Keeper Sutherland, I would let him turn me into a vampire. (laughs) 
Yeah. Same. Yeah. There's always that appeal of vampires where you know you should be scared, but you also want to be a part of it. Right. And that's what makes it so fun. And I think going back to vampires is, mm-hmm. you know, you may not want to be the werewolf or right. you know, anything like that, but vampire, like, okay, all right, I can buy that. Dreamy. They're so dreamy. They're still dreamy. Yep, absolutely. Because you know they'll go back to being hot. Yeah. Yeah. Still throwing some fun facts on the the topic of Peter. He actually broke his wrist during filming. Oh, no. Because he was being And that's why he. I know, and it's like it makes somehow makes him look ten times cooler. I know, um, but totally. it was just because he was dipping around and broke his wrist. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, Kiefer Sutherland out of vampire makeup is like you know a five or maybe a four, but like full ten when he's the vampire. So yeah, it's whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's I think my husband just said something and, and interjected, and I'm sure it was hilarious, but I could not hear him. And it was really unfortunate. Can you repeat that? I said he's a solid six. He's a solid six. <laughs> 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 and that was my husband that I didn't even know had returned to my, my, I said my department, my apartment, because I have my noise-canceling headphones in, so an intruder could have been in my home. <laughs> the vampire key for Sutherland, but it was just my husband screaming at me. <laughs> yeah, so I, I would agree. Solid six. Me and my husband have the same taste. That's why we agree with each other. I was trying to see. I think, um, I think it, well, no, I guess it didn't. Um, I thought it. I thought it debuted at number one at the box office, but it's saying it debuted at number two. That's what I have. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think. Which is still good, but oh, yeah. What What was number one? Was it like Beverly Hills Cop or something? I don't know. I just have number two. Mm, that'd be hard to beat though, because that's pretty funny. Yeah, that is. Yeah, funny. yeah. It's, it's no, it was. Um, it was the James Bond. It was Living Daylights. Hmm. Which was a good, I mean, that whole, that whole top 10 was, stat, well, even if you go, yeah. Um, Living Daylights, Lost Boys, La Bamba, RoboCop, Summer School, um, the reissue of Snow White, Superman 4, Full Metal Jacket, Dragnet, and Adventures in Babysitting. And then the, the number 11 was Beverly Hills Cop 2. So, I mean, that's, that's a pretty stacked top 10. Yeah. Uh, be wow. and, and there was a cat. Yeah. I heard a cat. I heard a cat. Here's <laughs> me talking to people, and she just gets repeat. Oh, that was the that was the. We have to have two things in every episode: <laughs> a mention of wrestling and a cat. Yeah, pod podcat, if you will. Podcat. Oh, podcat. <laughs> that was that was great. Um, another fun fact: 
Um, the uh, contacts that they had to wear hurt so bad. Um, they could only wear them in like really, really short amount of time because obviously, you know, contacts weren't very ad- advanced by then. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Marco dies, um, the tears that are running down his face aren't because he's sad. It's because the contacts hurt. Oh! <laughs> oh I just thought he was so sensitive, you know? Right. <laughs> and they just they just kept it, but no, it was because the contacts were so painful that his oh. eyes were watering. Apparently, yeah, they think- had a similar problem with that in Fright Night. Yeah, I was I was gonna say a lot of this a lot of the horror stuff in the eighties. Um, because they don't, it's not the same kind of context that they make today. And um, there was a, another movie, some horror movie, and it was the same kind of thing. And not only did it hurt, but like they basically couldn't see. <laughs> so Ooh, it was kind of like defeating God. the purpose of the contact. So, mm-hmm. but now they just get lazy and use CGI for people's eyes. Yeah. Yeah, and I was gonna, I was gonna kind of touch on this. You know, I think this is one of those movies where, you know, we just talked about. It. I mean, obviously it was a box office hit, but it was. Um, I think, really, this one kind of took on a life of its own after, like on VHS and on mm-hmm. you know TNT and TBS and USA, like all those, you know, showing it on cable and stuff in the '90s. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of those movies in the '80s really got their full cult status or, you know, really blew up the way that they have just because of that secondary life that they had on VHS. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know that happened with Tremors. Yeah, that's a great example because I don't think that, um, I don't think that did very well at the box office, but I mean, everybody Mm -hmm. I know loves that movie. Yeah, I do. And I remember watching it on like TNT all the time, as um, I did with Lost Boys. And I had it on VHS. Yeah. I'm kind of, on a side note, I'm kind of bummed that they didn't do the Tremors TV series, um, especially because they got Kevin Bacon, you know. Yeah. So is it not happening? I, as of now, I don't, I think they, whoever was doing, I think it was the sci-fi channel, they passed on the pilot. So they, they, you know, cast it, Kevin Bacon's there. They went, I think they went back to the same location. I mean, everything was on board. And when they saw the pilot, they passed on it. So unless somebody else picks it up, but I think that was like a year ago or two years ago now. So um, Mm -hmm. I think at this point he might've, you know, lost interest and moved on to something else, but um, yeah. But yeah, it's, I mean, it sounded like a no-brainer, really. I mean, yeah. they're still yeah. making sequels. So. Everything gets a sequel. You yeah. get a sequel. Everything gets a sequel. <laughs> gets a sequel. So why doesn't Lost Boys get, or uh, I mean, a reboot? Mm-hmm. You get a reboot. You get a Everything reboot. Everything gets a freaking reboot. Yeah. So why aren't they going to, they better do it. We talked I a little feel bit. like this is the point where like reboots are good. Mm-hmm. Well, we talked a little bit before we got on. Like they, they've they've done a comic book, and I I got like the first like six or seven issues, and um, that was really good. But yep. the um, you know the two direct to video sequels were not great, and um, and now they're talking about doing the TV show. So I'm just concerned, like if they're going to try to like do the same characters 
and just recast them, you know? Like, I oh. don't see that mm. working. Um, yeah. So I think if they do a new version, like new characters and stuff, I think it could work. But, like, the original thing I was reading is how they're they're going to be talking about... I don't know if this is going to change every episode or what, but it's basically like they're going to bounce through time. So, like, mm-hmm. they'll show them in, like, the 1890s, and then they'll show them in the 1960s, and they'll show them present day, and then they'll go back to the 50s, and mm-hmm. somehow doing these time jumps, it'll tell the story of where they are now. And I don't know. That just seems like a lot. <laughs> yeah. It does seem like a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, if Netflix picked it up, they could make it work. Yeah. I think, like, Shudder or Netflix or even Hulu, I think that could be good. But I think right now it's it's supposed to go on the CW. Um, oh, God. So, <laughs> I don't know. Oof, that's, like, the really easy way for me to be guaranteed that I will not watch the show is if it goes to the CW. Yep. <laughs> Already like, had a hard pass. Yeah, 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 that's unfortunate. But I mean, if it's really good, you know, I worked with a lot of teenagers who loved the CW, and you know, if it, it's one of those things where I'm always happy when younger generations are, however, they may be exposed to something that's really good, and maybe I think that show would be terrible, but maybe it leads them to the Lost Boys and other movies and they just get really excited about um, good things, which is what we could really hope for, right? Yeah. Is to kind of pass yeah. that taste down to the next generation. So, you know, if that exposes them to that, you know, that's that's great. Good yeah. for them. But okay. I won't. <laughs> Riverdale is not bad. It's nuts. Yeah. And 9,000 things happen in every episode. But it's, I mean, it's well done. It's just a little ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I could see a vampire version of Riverdale. Yeah. I think that they could probably pull that off with the fan base that they already have. Uh-huh. Um, that kind of style. A lot of people really like, you know, the kids are really into that sort of mm-hmm. thing right now. So, I think yeah. that could work. Now, mm-hmm. if they did a female version I of it now. to watch Riverdale. It's. The first season is great, um, and then it just kind of goes all over the place. Yeah, they kind of started getting weird. Well, it's almost like they they were trying to be like, let's let's be like Twin Peaks and just kind of start being weird. Yeah. Um, oh. But <laughs> yep. It's like y'all ain't David Lynch. You can't pull yeah. this off. Just I don't know where. Sorry. Yeah. And the first season is just enough like Twin Peaks, but still like makes sense that. Um, it works, but then the second season, there's like a serial killer, and then like the uh, Candyman is actually in it though. Tony Todd is in one episode. Oh, awesome! But it's it's just all over the place. Yeah, I really need Tony Todd to just start reading audiobooks for his job. I would listen the shit out of that. He's so good. <laughs> I love him. Oh, such a cool voice. Oh, I need him to read all the audiobooks. Yeah. But yeah, I think what I think Jen was saying, like if they did a, you know, did like a female version or um, just did a different variation of it, I think it could work. And, you know, CW used to be WB and that's Buffy was on that. um, Mm -hmm. Angel, um, Vampire Diaries, Riverdale's now on there. So, I mean, I I think out of any of the mainstream networks, that could be the the best place for it. But yeah, I don't know. 
Maybe it could be like Assassination Nation, but for vampires. That See, that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd be into that. I yeah. would too. I'd get myself a red red leather trench coat. <laughs> yeah. Hell uh, yeah. It'd be awesome. That movie yeah. was I don't know really why, good. but I still haven't watched that movie. Really <gasps> I love good. it. So good. You at least need an I've opinion on it. Things. You have to no, watch it and have an opinion. Things that I just forget. Yeah. I just forget for some reason. Um, you know, as, as, as much as we like this movie, I feel like we're missing some, like, I don't know. I feel like there should be something else we should be discussing about it, but. Well, we could talk about the Corey. Apparently this was the Corey's first movie together. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a huge fan of the Corey's, which is partly why I could just talk about Kiefer all day. But, um, yeah. And that's, it's, it, that's, that's like the comedic element of the movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Like crazy pastel outfits and him like singing in the bathtub. And I remember thinking that stuff was funny when I was a kid and then watching it as an adult. I was like, yeah, I guess it's kind of charming and nostalgia but a little ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I um I mean I was I was younger than the whole Corey thing, so like I wasn't you know, swept up in or anything. I did like them in License to Drive. Um, Love that movie. Um, but it was funny because I think when they first met, they hated each other. Oh, really? Because um, they just had different personalities. Because I guess Corey Feldman had been working since he was a baby. So he was mm-hmm. like, you know, when he's on set, he's on set. And Corey yeah. was kind of more of the laid back and, hey, what's going on? You know, just that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And I think they kind of butted heads um but then of course they eventually became friends so um but yeah it was um it was always a weird um you know and like joel schumacher is obviously gay um but you know they never really like like sam has the the picture of rob lowe on the on his wall and stuff Mm -hmm. and like you know and some of those you know the clothes he wore like the pastels and stuff like I don't know. They never really addressed. I don't know. Maybe he was too young for that. I don't know. Um, but you know, there was always some weird stuff in there. Like couldn't really tell where he was going with that. And, um, Mm -hmm. but which is fine. I mean, I don't, it doesn't, it's not a problem. I just, it was always kind of a, Oh, he's got a picture of Rob Lowe. Yeah. On his door there. So, um, (laughs) Rob Lowe was the hotness. Yeah. I was just kind of thought it was like, I was like, well, maybe they're just really forward thinking in Phoenix, guys. Like, maybe, (laughs) you know, maybe we're so far behind that, you know, that's why I don't have a dude on my door. I don't know. Can we we take a pause and talk about how uh, Corey Feldman turned out to be the weirdest person on earth in 2019? (laughs) Uh Can we talk? Can we talk about it? Can we please just touch base on this? Because I really hope that you guys have seen the videos of his band. Oh, no. No, I have not. Oh, Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, well, just, just, you know, as soon as we, as soon as we (laughs) hop off here, go to the YouTubes, type in Corey Feldman and the Angels, and just, just go into it. Just, just. Just hop into the rabbit hole because you're going to have a great time. This sounds like a bless your heart situation. Just 
ready to go. I mean, he was mm-hmm. on like the Today Show or something like two or three years ago, and he did his set and like, I mean, it was just instantly viral. Like everyone, th- everyone thought he was like a joke. They didn't think he was serious, but I mean, he, he's like really serious about it. Um, <laughs> oh, that's kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like, it's one of those where, you know, obviously you've kind of um, heard, well, he's trying to do that documentary about the the most molestation he had, you know, went through as a kid and all that. Mm-hmm. So he obviously had a, had a rough time. And, and this is during his peak, too. I mean, this is when he was a huge star. Um, and I think he got into, like, alcohol and maybe drugs and stuff. And um, mm. so the fact that he's clean now and he's dad and like you know i'm kind of giving him a pass (laughs) just kind of do whatever you want to do um diana who uh she's joe bob's girl now um she was on the show once and she went to one of his shows and she said it was awesome so yeah yeah so hard to tell yeah it's hard to tell i guess but uh yeah but he went through that like michael jackson phase um which that's could go a couple of different ways, but he he like dressed like him and you know grew his mm. hair out and wore his, the Ray Bans like him and like danced like him and like uh, you know that was kind of a weird phase I guess, but um, but uh, but yeah I mean it's you know it's 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 one man's art is another man's <laughs> not art I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's he's, he's, he's a character. Yeah. Who are we to say mm-hmm. what is good and what is not? Because apparently some people uh, some people enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's about it, really. Um, yeah. I think we didn't that- really talk about Star, but she's kind of like a non-entity, you know? Well, it's it is funny. a little sad, yeah. She was... Mm-hmm. Um, she was kind of like one of the it girls in the eighties, you know? And it was weird because like after this movie, I don't, she probably was in something I just forgot, but like, I don't really remember her standing out again until she was in Twister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When she yeah. drives that truck around the other truck that falls yeah. in the road. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. That. Okay. Now I see it. Cause yeah. I, I did not know, but that's, <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, she, um, you know, she her role. You know, she's definitely she's trying to protect her brother, and mm-hmm. you know when she when David come, or uh, when Michael comes along, she feels responsible for that, and they have their thing. So she's definitely, you know, she has some complexity to her character. But you know, this is the first time we've mentioned her in the hour we've been on here, so she right. she did she is kind of forgettable a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, David seems much more interested in Michael than he does in her. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, she's the kind of person who draws him in, but then Michael is much more, in, or uh, uh, David's much more interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to be. all here for him. Come on, let's get real. Let's That's get real. Yeah, we're like, oh, yeah, I love the Lost Boys. <laughs> love Keith or some Southern yeah. Lost Boys. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, it's <laughs> like, a lot, <laughs> and it's like you never really—they never really explain why he's like why he wants Michael, and mm-hmm. you know, it, it's almost like does he just want someone else in the crew, or is he trying mm-hmm. to get like a 
second leader or something like he never you know you never really mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. obviously and and again it's it's i mean he could have killed him i mean he could have just yeah. bit his neck and right. open and that is it so there was obviously something there but they never really um they never really fully explained that i don't think um yeah got a crush yeah yeah man, man crush yeah all the pretty boys have to be in this and he's like yeah I get, you know michael's beautiful so yeah. put him in here he looks like he's 30, but he's still beautiful. Yeah. He's still a handsome guy. Yep. <laughs> well, that's the thing is like th- those two leads were both just like, you know, freaking Greek gods or something. You know what I mean? Just, just <laughs> gorgeous, you know, hair and profiles and everything. And, um, yep. but, um, so yeah. fun fact about that. Um, apparently Kiefer Sutherland was engaged to Julia Roberts. Mm hmm. And Jason Patrick stole her away, and she ended up leaving Keeper Sutherland at the altar, and they went on the honeymoon that they were going to go on. She and Jason Patrick did. <gasps> I know. Oh, my God. I did not know that. Yeah, this this was some drama in, like, 1990. Oh, my God. That is so juicy. I know. <gasps> I didn't that before until, until we did, we're talking about it. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh wow. That is like that's epic. Yeah. It was yeah. all over like the you know, People magazine and, and all that stuff. It was a huge thing. Um and I guess they like I guess they're cool now because like they were at a um Kiefer and Jason Patrick were at a horror thing and you could do a photo op with both of them. Really? So, oh. And this was like last summer. So, I mean, like, I guess they're, you know, hey, that was 30 years ago, whatever, you know, but. Yeah. Um, they're, Julia Roberts and Jason Patrick aren't together anymore, so. Yeah. yeah. She didn't marry either of them, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she left She left both of them for Lyle Lovett. Oh, oh. right. <laughs> what? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to judge choices, but. Yeah. Oh, I will. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where oh. uh that's where early 90s uh julia roberts head was yep mm-hmm. she oh, can have me. both of the lost boys nah, i'm gonna go yeah. i'm gonna go shack up with uh, la levitt uh, i remember that that was so weird yeah look mm. yeah. good for them for however long it lasted yeah that's great. <laughs> um so yeah, I guess they made up and stuff because they do those photo ops now and stuff. But um, um, yeah. So I think that was a I think that was a pretty good chat about Lost Boys. Yeah. Um, we all uh, just a general a general chat about our love of the movie. Yeah. No real structure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, y'all know what the movie is, so it's not like we have to explain, you know, mm-hmm. everything that happened. But we can all just like talk about all the good stuff in it yeah. and yeah. all the bad. stuff. That we don't like, but that's okay. Yeah. yeah. And how my husband thinks Kiefer Sutherland is a solid six. <laughs> yeah. I, pre- I appreciate the input, though. <laughs> um, well, cool. Well, Jen, thank you for hopping on with us. And, oh, yeah. Um, thank you so much. This was awesome. Sorry we, uh, sorry we had some sound issues. Uh, hopefully I can buffer some of that out and make it sound decent and we'll have to uh, we'll have to do another one sometime and like maybe collaborate on a topic and uh, yeah definitely you know. yeah we'll have to have you guys on our our show too yeah well we're in the same city so i'm sure we are i know yeah, so, uh, <laughs> 
Bye. I'm up here being sad. I'm so oh, far away. And oh. cold. In co- so cold. And sad cold. and cold. Rained on. <laughs> yeah. It rained here. That's so okay. <laughs> it was pretty rough, yeah. That's <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, thank you, Jen. It's always fun to chat with you. And like yeah. I said, I was saying earlier, I always feel like I, I listen to you every week and I feel like I'm so close and that we're like, oh, my friend Jen, she said this funny thing and then we're so far away. Uh, oh, so fun to be able to chat with you this time. It's been I totally, awesome. I feel totally the same way. I love you guys' show and it's so fun to be a part of it. So thanks so much for having me on. So cool. So thank yeah. you. 